anyone who's ever uh, had a, a, an attack uh, happen outside their homes, whether it be rocket attacks in places like the Ukraine or Afghanistan or, in my case, the Philippines, where, where I grew up uh, and, and spent a lot of time as a journalist, or here in upstate New York, in Buffalo, uh, I lived through it with the, my son and I having to hug the floor as gangbangers shot it out outside our door right off Massachusetts and uh, uh, what was it uh, and the Boys and Girls Center being just down the road well it's been a day or so since I did my last podcast so I figured what kind of topic can I do today and this is the fun side of living on the what we call edge of the hood yeah it can be a little well stressful sometimes especially when you hear stuff like this But that isn't the most stressful part of it all. Um, actually, those appear to be suppressed fire or a low-caliber weapon. But in reality, it most likely was just uh, airsoft or paintball weapons. Um, well, not really weapons, toys. But that seems to be the latest trend. It's been happening for a few days out here on Buffalo's west side and actually happens a lot in a lot of places. But considering Buffalo is the 10th most violent city, according to Fort Mo- Forbes magazine, for shootings, and most of it is gang and drug-related, sounds like that don't exactly leave you too calm, especially when you live with kids. Sounds a little bit like a motorcycle bit. Sounds a little bit like something else. But definitely you can tell, you know, as things go by, that it is not just your normal bit of sound. So that's the typical afternoon sometimes around here. Naturally, it's a non-emergency because you didn't see any blood or dead bodies outside your home. And as you walk down the street, you decide, well, maybe I ought to, you know, somehow at least uh, do something about this just to keep the authorities informed that this kind of stuff is, why would I put it, happening at least to, uh, to you know, kind of let people know that, uh, hey, guess what? Uh, this occasionally happens in this part of town so you decide to pick up the phone and call the regular Buffalo tip line for the police department and see exactly what's going on there and maybe they should just be aware of this kind of stuff happening especially since it's been happening a lot this summer but when you call and cannot accept new messages at this time please try again tip And that becomes the problem. Anyway, just something to think about. Uh, So if you do hear, you know, strange occasional sounds that happen, uh, you just kind of have to grin and bear it. Thankfully, though, these weren't real 
gunshots, but it certainly did sound... like a war zone. I'm Michael Cohen, and that's life on the edge, sometimes on the edge of the hood. You know, can you imagine that's that's how bad it is that that, that these gangbangers will shoot not just at the doorsteps of, say, a gubernatorial candidate like Lee Zeldin in some nice upscale area in Long Island, but the shootings take place all over the place. Is there a, a, a gun problem, as the Democrats love to say? Yeah, the problem is there are too many thugs with, on drugs with guns that are out there. And most of those guns were sourced illegally. 99.9% of all the guns caught in the hands of thugs in drive-by shootings are usually stolen weapons, not weapons uh, registered to those individuals, obviously, because many of the gangbangers know that if they you know, follow the paperwork, <laughs> it just makes the police's job so much easier. And even though you've got, you know, uh, people like Lazy Letty James, uh, you know, letting the criminals go, or you've got other people like uh, Alvin, uh, the boy on the, you know, gang banger brag, helping people make sure that no one goes to jail for anything so long as they're his same tribe or his same color or his same creed or whatever, because, hey, we got to call it what it call it. And the, what is happening right now is uh, three different district attorneys in the five boroughs, as well as the attorney general of the state of New York. You know, what is happening with these people? It is one clear, very clear thing. And that is that there is a very strong case of injustice based not on color. Everybody thinks when I say, oh, they're part of that same group. No, I say go back, look at their histories and check. They need to check the same way they check with Italian American groups, you know, where they're mob ties back in the day with certain officials, you know, especially if they were all from, from a certain part of Italy. Well, you've got to do that now. When, when, when people are from, let's say, a certain part of Mexico, and they happen to be from Jalisco, and the biggest cartel just happens to be from Jalisco, well, then you better start checking to make sure that those people don't have mom ties. Because let's face it, the Mexican gangsters are bigger than anything that we ever saw during the Prohibition era in the 1930s with these people you know, running, uh, uh, running uh, booze up and down the coast. No, this is huge. And they're killing people. You know, Donald Trump has a point when he says he wants to see the death penalty for drug dealers. Well, you're seeing a primary reason for that. 500 people on an average are killed by an average drug dealer, right? And because of that, these drug dealers are very, very violent prone, either from people who want revenge against them, family members who are upset that these people are selling products that poison their children, to rival business people who want to make the same kind of money they're making. And so you see this situation happening. These teenagers who were hiding under the porch of Lisa, we don't know what, whether they were criminals. We don't know whether they, it was just a, a case of a mistaken identity. We don't know if it was just, they just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Or were they people who were engaged in some kind of activities and happened to walk into another group engaged in other activities 
And if you think that gun crime just happens in the in the hood or at the edge of the hood, like it happened with me and my son some years back, uh, no, it doesn't only happen there. It can happen anywhere, and you've got to be aware of that. You know. Anyhow, let us go to this press conference that took place uh, late last night, late Sunday night, going towards uh, early Monday morning. Lee Zeldin and his wife were out attending a Columbus Day rally when you might say, uh, you know, the natives got restless and people wound up under his porch. And his two 16-year-old daughters had a call for help to 911. Thank God they're in the neighborhood where the police still respond to because there are many places uh, in these United States, especially with the defund the police movement with, you know, you've got all these weirdo politicians who say, oh, you know, we've got to defund the cops. We've got to get rid of that. But the whole reason for many of this is maybe they're on the pay scale of these gangsters, of these mobsters, of these demonios who are out there doing this evil in the streets. Now, we are not judging the victims of these shootings. You know, these two kids, uh, two teenagers who were hiding underneath the, you know, the, 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 the side of a house, the side of the porch to get away from someone shooting at them. We don't know what their crime was. We don't know what 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 reasons they were there for. You know, we don't know why they had to trespass, except that they were probably hiding from somebody who wanted to kill them, and that's pretty obvious. Uh, but there is a very high probability that narcotics, drugs, were likely involved. So let's go now to Lee Zeldin and his press conference last night as to what happened. Uh, from his point of view, from his perspective, as a sitting congressman whose home saw violence at its doorstep, literally on the front porch. First, uh, I'd like to start off by saying how very proud I am of my daughters, Michaela and Ariana. They just turned 16 years old uh, just over a week ago. Diane and I had just left the Columbus Day Parade in the Bronx. We were in the car and we received a, a pretty frantic call from Michaela. Ariana was on the other line speaking to, to 911 uh, when Michaela had called Diane and I. Uh, she was in the upstairs bathroom, locked in. The way this started, the two of them were at the kitchen table doing homework. And they hear gunshots. One of the bullets was actually found about 30 feet from where they were sitting at that table doing homework. Right after they heard the gunfire, they heard people screaming. So the girls immediately ran upstairs, locked themselves into the bathroom, and called 911. Uh, this was around 2.18 p.m. when the gunshots were heard on our property. The call was made as soon as 2.19 p.m., I believe. Uh, very grateful for the law enforcement that arrived on the scene very quickly. They've been working hard. Uh, very diligently over the course of the last several hours. 
My understanding is that the two people who uh, were shot were transported to area hospitals. I do not know the identity uh, of those who were shot. When we returned home, we uh, looked at our security cameras. We have many security cameras at the house and for the security cameras I had three people in the shot. One was uh, a person who was moving around between all four cameras throughout what is what was about a two minute span. There were two individuals who were in one of our camera frames and they didn't move. Uh, these were the two people who were shot. One was underneath our porch. Uh, the other one was underneath a bush that was right in front of our porch. It was interesting because about a day earlier, there was a reporter at our house and we sat down right there on that porch doing an interview where we were talking about rising crime in New York and 24 hours to the minute this shooting took place. The two individuals who were laying down were about 10 feet or so from where my daughters were uh, doing their homework at the kitchen table. The two individuals were likely shot already when they entered the frame uh, of the camera because of the blood that was found uh, where the two individuals were laying down. There are these stories that we hear about, that we read about, and it's a, a family we don't know. Maybe it's in an area where we don't live. You all do a very good job uh, reporting on these stories of, of what happens, and a lot of New Yorkers want to know what's going on in their community. They want to know what the news is. They uh, are living their lives, and they want to get caught up at the end of a, a busy day at work. It hits really close to home when it shows up on your front doorstep. I'm just so grateful that my daughters responded uh, as quickly, as swiftly as they did. But I'll tell you, as somebody who spends a lot of time traveling this state, and I'm at a lot of crime scenes, I was last at the 176 subway station stop in the Bronx in Morris Heights. And there was a person who came up to the site, this was on Friday, and after the press conference, I, I went to, to say hello. He was listening attentively to the entire press conference, and uh, his reaction surprised me. He said, we don't want the government involved. What we're used to here is if somebody wants to attack you with a knife, they could take their knife out, I'll take out mine, just let name the time and the place, Basically, there are these areas of New York where people feel like the streets have just been surrendered. Morris Heights in the Bronx certainly had that feel when we were there on Friday. There were four knife attacks that happened within 10 hours the day before on Thursday. The last one was that attack uh, outside of that subway station. We read over the course of the last week and a half a Long Island dad who went to visit his family for parents weekend up in Marist, getting a cup of coffee, checking out, lost his life. There was a woman in the Buffalo area last Wednesday who was murdered in front of her three kids. The day before on Tuesday, 
Her husband was arrested and, and charged with a slew of domestic violence offenses, was instantly released to back out onto the street. The judge did not have the authority to keep that husband detained. He was wearing a bulletproof, uh, she was wearing a bulletproof vest on Wednesday when she was shot and killed by her husband in front of her three kids. Those three kids will get raised without a mother. The list goes on from green goblins to uh, attacking people on a subway station, a green goblin gang, to someone who was attacked at the Howard Beach subway station. She's battling for her vision. The person who attacked her uh, just violated parole. He was released for once murdering his own grandparent, but his parole officer was unable to keep him detained in August. We're not recapping what happened in the last year or two. We're talking about what's happened over the course of the last couple of weeks. We cannot surrender any street anywhere in the state of New York to criminals. I want to see our law enforcement in charge of all of New York's streets. I don't care if you're in a big city, a small city, a big town, a small town. I want law-abiding New Yorkers to be able to go ride a, a subway car and not have to hug a pole or grab a guardrail, being afraid of being pushed in front of an oncoming subway car or having to take off your yarmulke because you're Jewish and others who you know are being attacked because they're Jewish. I don't know who the three people were who were targeted, the two people who were shot, and I don't know who shot them. I would have to defer to uh, Suffolk County PD. They're working hard. They're on top of it. And my experience with them is that they are exceptional when it comes to cases like this in being able to keep Suffolk County residents safe. So to all of our men and women in law enforcement, thank you for what you do every day. Thank you for what you did today. Uh, I just don't want to ever stand in front of crime scene tape outside of my own home or outside of anyone else's. There's a lot to do. Um, thank you. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Please, do you think this is maybe um, when your family has just been through this, it might not be a good time to talk politics? What would you say to critics who might say that? Well, first off, we had a number of inquiries from media wanting to speak. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing individual interviews with, with everyone, which has always uh, been what I like to be able to do when you reach out to be able to answer your questions. Uh, we thought it would be better to be able to address you all at once. Uh, as far as uh, standing here and you're talking about politics, I, I didn't, I'm surprised that you, you or someone else might even look at it that way. I mean, at, at what point are we supposed to talk about the crime on our own streets? I'm standing in front of crime scene tape in front of my own house. You can't get me more outraged than right now. I mean, it's one thing to spend multiple times over the course of a week where other people are being targeted. But, but for us, no, we're more pissed off today than we were when we woke up this morning. Congressman, talk about, I mean, you're in the city doing something and you get that phone call. I mean, it's got to be what's going through your mind and writing your own block. I mean, you're, you're a crime fighter and now it affects your own family. 
you could just hear it in the tone of my daughter. So I, I'm, we're talking to Michaela, and we hear Ariana on the other line. They're inside of our home, and they're home alone. This is something that, uh, for us as parents, uh, you know, it's only now that they're 16 years old that they would be at home because they have a lot of homework to do. By the way, you guys have more homework to do. They've had trouble refocusing on their homework since earlier today, and that's okay. I don't know, maybe a pitch to their teachers to, uh, you know, give them, uh, give them an extra few hours uh, getting the homework in. There was clearly something with their tone that something uh, very, very bad had taken place, but we had no facts. And by the way, the, the Wi-Fi connection made it especially hard. So the phone call is cutting in and out and we are not hearing more of the words than the words that we were hearing. So we're just trying to make out what had happened and we want to help, but we just left the Bronx and we're getting home as quickly as we possibly could uh, to be with them. So you want to know what happened. You want to do your part to calm them down. You want to do your part to be able to help them through that moment. Uh, we told them to stay in the bathroom, to stay in that locked setting. Don't try to answer the door. Don't try to look outside the window. Uh, we reached out to local law enforcement. They were already in the process of responding. We waited until we got a signal that it was clear outside, it was secure. Then we had them uh, leave the bathroom. And, and by the way, we didn't know if you're hearing something a block away or if you're hearing something on your front yard. So you're kind of hoping that maybe you just heard loud gunfire that was two blocks away. When we got home and we find out as we're walking up, because we parked right here and we walked up, I saw you, you're the first person on site from Newsday. Oh, yeah. We're walking up and I'm getting briefed. By the way, we can't go through the front porch because the front porch is part of the crime scene. Why is it part of a crime scene? I didn't even realize at that point that this was actually where it was on the property. And then we're notified, yeah, actually they're finding blood there around the porch. So the way that we're walking into our own house was changing as we're, as we're walking up. And then we put on our security camera footage and that's when we're able to get more of the facts and you're able to see them lying down 10 feet from where they were sitting there doing homework. How is your wife feeling? Uh, my, <laughs> my, uh, my wife asked me to, to speak uh, on her behalf. Um, this is, that, that is as personal of a question as it gets, so that one's a hard one. Right, but as a mother, behalf, I just know how she would, must have been feeling. As one would expect, for sure. Hmm? As one would expect yeah. Shaken up for their she, uh, my, my wife did a very good job because uh, she stayed on the phone with the girls during the drive. And while her heart was clearly racing, she was just talking to them to try to keep them calm, as opposed to her freaking out too. So I was in the front seat. I, I, I'm with somebody who uh, was making some phone calls to local law enforcement. And I heard her very calmly just talking to the girls to keep their blood pressure down and to get them through that.
experience. Congressman, just do you, I know Suffolk County Police are investigating this. You weren't here at the time, but do you believe this is connected at all to your campaign or your position uh, in Washington? Uh, what we have been told from the Suffolk County Police Department is that the answer that is that the, that their their belief is that the answer is no. So this is completely random. Just that, happened to be on your block. That is their belief. That was a that was communicated to us. And there were three people involved, and two were shot. There were three people on the security footage, but the third person appears to be with the other two. So the third person doesn't appear to be the, per, uh, the individual who had shot the other two. So there would be at least one other person. I don't know if it was one other person who was going after the three of them or if it was more than one person. But the three people uh, on the security footage for our house appear to be with each other. And were they were, were they on the street or on your property? What all this happened? They come onto one of our one of our cameras is towards the end of my porch, covering an angle that captures a lot of our property. They come into that frame from what would have been on our grass. Uh, so they come from the bottom of the frame, which is already on my property. I, I, I don't know anything more than that, other than where I see them first entering the security footage. Gotcha. But they okay. were, the two people that were hurt were found on your property, correct? So at some point they did go on your property. Correct. Okay. I don't know where they entered my property. I don't know exactly when they uh, they entered my property and where they were last just before they entered my property. I would presume that they had entered my property in very close time proximity to when they enter the security camera footage, but I, I don't know that. And where did the third person go? So the third person, we have about two minutes of the three individuals on security camera footage. The third person who doesn't appear to be shot uh, is on my yard, on my front yard, he comes onto my porch, goes down my porch, goes off the porch, back on the yard, moving around, comes back on the porch again, moves up and down the porch, goes off the porch, and then runs away. Uh, the, the third person was very active and moving around. It appears like he was uh, on a cell phone. It would be interested, interesting to know who he was calling. Uh, but that's something for the experts to try to get to the bottom of. Can you make out the people on this security footage? Do the cops know who they are or anything like that? So two of the three actually got transported to local area hospitals. Uh, so the, the identities of those two, uh, I, uh, I would imagine they might still be at the hospital. I, I don't know their condition at the moment, uh, but I would imagine that their identities are very much known because they're at the hospital. As far as the, the third person, I would have to defer to Suffolk County Police Department as far as where they are in their investigation as it relates to the third person. Great. Thank, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much for thank talking you. with us. Good, good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it.
You just heard that press conference there from uh, Congressman Lee Zeldner. Now let's go to a little bit of that Donald Trump thing I was talking about and uh, how Donald Trump says, basically, there needs to be a way where those violent criminals, these drug dealers, these uh, uh, criminal gangs and whatever, are made to pay for the violence they are causing in these United States. There needs to be a serious look at the death penalty for those who are engaged in heinous violent crimes due to the drug trade. That's the latest for me for now on this. I'm Mike of New York. So I haven't been on for a little while. Having some trouble with my vision the last few uh, uh, weeks. Still working on that with my doctor and uh, trying to see. As you know, guys, I do suffer from glaucoma. And if I can't see the controls, it's really hard for me to, to do stuff. Also, we've been having some trouble with some of the uploading on uh, this podcast. And uh, we're working on that also. That's the latest for me for now. From here, I'm Mike of New York. Never fear. Always fight for what is right. God is there everywhere. And just remember, we're going to be there throughout this whole thing. Hopefully, we'll see more of a red wave and not just red on the streets. Because it's time for crime to stop and justice to prevail.